0: There's a bunch of you in this room who I'm going to scald tonight. And some of the things I'm going to say you are not going to agree with. Some of you guys are going to love what i got to say because I'm going to validate what you've been thinking and saying for years. And some of you, you love me right up until the point I say something you don't agree with. And then, I, and then I'm a little opinionated when I'm son of a bitch. You see, and that's how... <laughs> I, if I say something that makes you uncomfortable, maybe, maybe you need to be uncomfortable. You don't have to agree with everything I say, but everything I'm going to say is going to come out of this big book. See, I'm, I'm one of these cats out there on the circuit that believes that we're killing a lot of people in AA. My first venue into this fellowship was about 1981, and uh, I didn't get sober for about seven years, folks, in and out of these, these rooms. The reason I couldn't get sober, everybody wants to let, let everybody else off the hook, well, you just weren't ready. The truth of the matter is, folks, I would be in meetings and never hear about God in the steps. Okay? I spent years sitting in AA listening to you share your opinions endlessly. So try to ha- come at this with an open mind. I'm just trying to make some very valid points that I think us as a fellowship needs to hear. Because I've got to tell you something, folks. As a fellowship, we're doing a poor job carrying this message. We've got one primary purpose, folks. Each group has but one primary purpose, is to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. The message is in the big book. The message is the 12 steps. The message is God in the steps. The message is not your issue. Big? On page 155 in the big book, it said he had a desperate desire. He's talking about Dr. Bob here. He said he had a desperate desire to stop but saw no way out. For he had earnestly tried many avenues of escape. Painfully aware of being somehow abnormal, the van did not fully realize what it meant to be alcoholic. You with me? Did you get that? We're talking about Dr. Bob, one of the co-founders of the, of the fellowship. He couldn't get sober, folks, because he had—he didn't really understand what it was to be an alcoholic. And that's what I'm going to talk about first going into this deal, because a lot of you cats sitting in this room, you may, be a, you may have some dry time under your belt, but bottom line is, one of the reasons that you chafe because we get rigid with the big book is that, is that you're not doing the steps. And you're not doing the steps because you don't think you need to. Because you really don't understand what, it's, what it is to be an alcoholic. You know I mean? There's a belief out there in AA land that, that alcoholism, and I'm going to go ahead and include drug addiction in this, alcoholism and drug addiction is some kind of behavioral problem. That there's something out there causing us to drink. And, and guys, I'm going to tell you something. If that's the case, you're not one of us. Go away. <laughs> no, it's the truth. If, if, if your wife is the cause of your drinking, go get another one. <laughs> But quit pissing and learning about your wife, because it ain't got nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. And this is what the book says. You either need to be here, or you don't need to be here. Now, we've got to get down with this, guys, because I'm going to tell you something. One of the reasons the fellowship is going through so much trouble right now is that we've got a lot of people that don't think they really need to be here sharing with us in meetings, and the stuff that they're sharing is shit. <laughs> I know, I'm off to a great start, aren't I? Okay. <laughs> On page 34... Middle paragraph, it says, For those who are unable to drink moderately, the question is how to stop altogether. We're assuming, of course, that the reader desires to stop. Here's the sentence. Whether such a person can quit on a non-spiritual basis depends upon the extent to which he has already lost the power to choose whether he's going to drink or not. Do y'all get it? It's, the way it's written, it's difficult to understand, but if, if you can quit on a non-spiritual basis, if you can quit given sufficient reason, you're not one of us. That's why the book continues to say, if you want to go try some controlled drinking, go try it. The physical allergy and the mental obsession and the spiritual malady. This is what alcoholism is, folks. It's time some of you got down to brass tacks. Some of you slippers in here. Some of you chronic relapsers. That's me. It took me eight years to get this deal. I'm just like you. Some of you need to think about this. You need to stop being sold a bill of goods. I'm going to say this again. Alcoholism and drug addiction is not a behavioral problem. It's a disease. You either got it, or you don't got it. Period. The book says on page twenty-four that an alcoholic has lost the ability to choose whether he's going to do this or not. Folks, if you still have the power to choose, you're going to when you're going to drink, when you're not going to drink. If you, if you, if you not having any alcohol in your body, you can get up in the morning and every morning, guarantee me that you're going to make the right choice. You're not one of us. You're not. In a birthday meeting two weeks ago listen to some son of a bitch stand up behind the podium with the room just like this, packed with people. Get up and say, I've been sober for ten years. I got up this morning and chose not to drink. I wonder how many people he killed with that information. If you can choose not to drink, you're not one of us. We gotta get straight here, folks. The book is crystal clear about this. Choice. On page twenty six and twenty seven. The story is about an American businessman. We're talking about Roland Hazard in here. He'd gone to Carl Jung at the, at the in the early 30s uh, to try to get well. As the story goes, this cat, he had a lot of money, and he went to, uh, uh, to Europe and spent a year in psychoanalysis. And after a year working on his issues, he came back to the States with the absolute conviction that he would never drink again. What happened was the historians tell us that within a couple of weeks he was loaded on his butt. And he goes back, he calls Young and says, what's up with this business, buddy? He says, we just spent a year and a lot of money trying to get fixed here, just like a lot of y'all do when you leave treatment and fall on your butt. And you come back and say, what's up? Huh, I thought you fixed me. (laughs) Yeah, and here's what it says. He says he begged the the doctor to tell the whole truth, and he got it. In the doctor's judgment, he was utterly hopeless. He could never regain his position in society and would have to place himself under lock and key if he was expected to live long. This was the great physician's opinion. But this man still lives and is a free man. He does not need a bodyguard, nor is he confined. He can go anywhere on earth, doesn't have to worry about his stupid triggers. He's a free man so far as we can tell. Are you with us? Provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. The doctor had told this cat, you had the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I've never seen one single case recover where this state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Our friend heard the gates of hell close around it with a clang. He asked the doctor if there were any exceptions. The doctor said, yeah, there is. Exceptions to your cases have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what we call vital spiritual experiences. To me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be in the nature of huge, e- huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding force, were completely set aside with a new conception of uh, these motives begin to dominate. In fact, I've been trying to get that to take place in you. We've seen it happen with others. We were hoping it would happen with you. Now, come on, guys. I've got hundreds of of places in the book where Bill Wilson talks about a spiritual experience. He talks about a vital spiritual experience. Here's what happened. When Carl Jung gave the message to Roland... He didn't say that he needed to go home and divorce his wife and change some things and, and uh, get his Gorski relapse prevention triggers and list out and do all the cool... He didn't, he didn't do any of that, did he? He got down to brass tacks and said, Buddy, the only thing that's going to save your skinny little butt is a relationship with God. N- not, not, not belief in God. Not knowledge of God. A relationship with God. And that's why so many of you can't stay sober. I mean, stay sober for good not one stupid day at a time I mean stay sober why can't you stay sober because you won't get this relationship with God God it's amazing how concerned we are with the newcomer we're so concerned with hurting their feelings and running them out of here with this God talk that we won't talk about it at all shame on us that's what we're going to talk about right now Carl Young talked to Roland Hazard about this business Roland comes back to the United States he gets involved with the Oxford movement y'all know the story and he carries this message to Ebby. Evie gets involved in the Oxford Movement and Edie starts to do this step. Now, we had the rudimentary 12 steps in the Oxford Movement. And Edie begins to do this work and he has a spiritual experience. Six months sober, guys, as the book says, he goes and calls on... He goes and calls on our co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill Wilson. And he tells Bill Wilson, Simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant destruction of self-centeredness. I must turn in all things to the Father of Light which pres- presides over us all. This is a revolutionary and drastic proposal for... for but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. There was a sense of victory, followed at such by, by such peace and serenity as I had never known. Boy, now how cool is that. How would you like to go out with one of these street guys right now that still stinks of a goddamn pipe out there drinking, doing things we don't want to talk about, and tell him that he'd wake up in the morning with a peace of sense and a sense of peace and serenity. Best we can muster up is to you say sober one day at a time and throw some chicken shit one liners at him. <laughs> Ebby talks to him and just tells him point blank as if you want to continue to do this deal, you're gonna have to grow spiritually. You're gonna have to continue to do this deal with God. You're gonna have a spiritual experience coming into the door, and then you're gonna grow spiritually by working with others. That's the primary purpose that we talk about. By working with others, that spiritual experience is gonna grow and manifest itself and change. Bill Wilson comes right back around and talks to Dr. Bob. What did he tell Dr. Bob? Ninety meetings in 90 days. So how many of you guys ever did, went to 90 meetings in 90 days and drank? <laughs> Let me cut to the chase here. About 1939-1940, when we got the book, was published, the big book was published in 1940, uh, 1939, we had success rates around the country that were through the ceiling, folks. Literally. In Akron, Ohio, Cleveland area, right around there, we had nearly 100% success rate. Cats coming into the fellowship getting sober. Worst case scenario, we had about 70% getting sober. Dig? That's pretty good stuff. Right now in the United States, the success rate is still about 8%. 8% of the cats coming through the door stay for any period of time. That's absolutely tragic. Now why? What happened? Watered down AA. Watered down Cocaine Anonymous. Watered down Meetings. Watered down Message. Watered down everything, folks. Because we've gotten so concerned with hurting somebody's sensitive little feelings. You see, folks, here's the bottom line. What, what, is, what, is the, what is the ultimate thing that happens in a spiritual experience that concerns alcoholics of our nature? The obsession to use is, re- is removed. That means that you wake up in the morning and you don't want to smoke crack cocaine. You wake up in the morning and you don't want to eat pills or you don't want to drink alcohol. Now that's a pretty cool deal. Now if I can guarantee that for you and all you're going to have to do is use a little humility and find God, ask for God's help, if getting humble in front of God is too much of a swallow for you, then I suggest you go drink some more alcohol and see then if you can get to the point where you're willing to do what you need to do. We just read it when we read how it works. Are you willing to do whatever's necessary to get sober? Well, yeah, unless I have to say the G word. When I came to Alcoholics Anonymous in 1980, what did I want to talk about? Relationships. How about money? How about feelings? Come on guys, we could go on and on. We can go here all that. How about the rape? How about the molestation? How about the adoption? Huh? How about the babysitter? Huh? How about the traffic? I hear it. Every time I come to a meeting in Houston, Texas, somebody's up there pissing and moaning about the traffic. Why are we wasting somebody's time talking about that shit? Where's, where's the chairperson when some of that crap stops? Where, where's the person that's got some balls that can stand up and say, Hey buddy, <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Jesus, we're not here to talk about that. Where's our primary purpose? Where's our primary purpose? Our primary purpose is to talk about God in the steps, not the goddamn traffic. Unbelievable. What are we doing? This is exactly what we're trying to talk about. How many of you guys in here, play with me real quick, how many of you guys in here drank when you had a great relationship? Good, sound, solid relationship. How many of you drank when you had a shitty relationship? How many when you had lots of money? Crap for money. $300,000 home, beautiful home. But this is the shit that you want to talk about. You come into treatment, that's all you want to talk about. And you know if you get in the wrong treatment center, that's all they'll let you talk about. With the belief that you get it all talked out and get it all out open, that you can stay sober. And we're walking into meetings, and all we're talking about up there... I'm up in North Texas, folks, and there's about 40 treatment centers within a very small, dense area. We're cranking in the Denton area. We're cranking about 1,000 recovering alcoholics a week into our system. And they're all coming in with all kinds of good shit that they heard in treatment. And they're bringing their Gorski relapse prevention triggers list, and they're bringing and they're bringing their process talk, and they're bringing all the cool stuff they learned in treatment, and they're bringing it into RAA meetings. Now, here's what AA did. Here's what AA did. AA buckled. AA buckled under the weight, and we backed away from the book and the solution that we had had for years, and we said, "Whatever works for you is fine with me." After all, these are just suggestions. And the meetings went down the toilet. And the success rates went to shit. On page 44 or 45 it says, Like a power, that's my dilemma. I mean, I've heard people time after time, Chris, you talk too much about God. You're scaring the newcomers off. What, what is this? There's, there's only one message that we have to carry. You must have a spiritual experience. Otherwise, the insanity of the first drink will stay with you and you will die. We are not here as a social group. Go to Herman's Sons if you want to just socialize. Don't come into my meetings if that's the only reason you're here. There's a difference between a real alcoholic and a hard drinker. If you're a hard drinker, let me tell you this, guys. You're talking about something that you know nothing about. I'm trying to talk about two things right now tonight that are the most difficult things to convey to anybody. What an alcoholic is, if you're not an alcoholic and you don't understand the obsession to use, you're sitting in here believing, truly deep down inside, that Chris Ramer continues to drink because he's weak. The other thing that's so difficult to understand is a spiritual experience. A bunch of you cats in this room have had the spiritual experience. The obsession to use has been removed from you. You are not staying sober one stupid day at a time. You have recovered from alcoholism and drug addiction. Isn't that right? And I don't have to say nothing. All I have to do all I have to do, is look at you and go, Huh? Huh? And you go, Huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah? We don't even have to talk. We know exactly what we're talking Isn't that right? We know exactly what we're talking about. How many of you have gone into meetings and listened to somebody say, Take your time to work the steps. We're killing them all over the world with that shit. Now wait a minute, the book just said that a spiritual experience is necessary for me to change my life. Have a huge emotional display, a huge shift of attitude so that I can have a decent relationship with a woman, so that I can get a credit card and make some money, so that my creative juices will start flowing again, so that I can get happy, joyous, and free. And that's going to happen as a result of doing the work, which is going to put me in touch with God. It's a guaranteed spiritual experience if you finish the 12 steps. But we don't have time to talk about that. Y'all with me? we got some schmuck standing over here on the side because he, because he was able to wait three years to work the steps. He assumes that you're going to be able to wait three years to work the steps. But if you're a real alcoholic, guess what? You're going to die. How's that? You know, you don't, you don't have 30 days to get on solid ground. We need to get you to God, and we need to get you to God quick. This is the most powerful path on earth. It's called the spiritual path. And how dare us, how dare us as a fellowship water this message down Take your, time to, take your time to sit on this. I'm telling you. We, and we just look the other way as a fellowship. We look the other way as a fellowship. Well, it's an easy does it program. You can do it any way you want to. Since when is it your God-given right to kill the person sitting next to you? When we go into meetings nine times out of ten, what are we hearing? Opinions. Somebody said it. This book is not based on opinion. This book is based on the deaths of millions of alcoholics. You guys continue to come to these meetings and walk on eggshells like every day is going to be a day you're going to go use. That's not recovery. That's hell on earth. (laughs) Isn't it right? And we come into the meetings, the newcomer, and he assumes that everybody is free. And that's so far from the truth because a lot of people in our meetings have never worked the steps. They have never done the work. They've talked a lot of talk, but they've never done the work. They're talking about something they don't know anything about. All the archival stuff that I can read out there, and I'm a big reader, all the archival stuff will point the clear picture that the cats over in the Cleveland, Akron area were getting sober and the people in New York weren't. Success rates were about 3 to 1 in comparison. They had hundreds of members in the early days of Alcoholics Anonymous getting sober and staying sober around Cleveland because Clarence Snyder and Dr. Bob was grabbing these guys. You want to get God? Well, I don't know. Next, you want to get God? They didn't fuck you. You know, they just, we're going to go. You, you want to get God? You want to get God? And that's the way they were doing it. Over in New York, we were trying to analyze. That's where one day at a time came from, New York. And none of the cats were getting sober over there because it was placed to them as an option. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And they weren't getting sober. They weren't getting the deal. And so we went back to the basics of the program, what was working then. Big? Oh, I hope you're getting it. Did you start on the title page of the big book where it says that we can recover from alcoholism? Not always BB Kazarine, that we can recover from alcoholism. Did you start on the title page and do everything it asked you to do in the first hundred pages? And ultimately, right now, point blank question. Are you out there on a daily basis working with other alcoholics and addicts? Are you sponsoring men and women in this fellowship? And do you have a sponsor? Well, I've heard it a thousand times. I'm I'm working my program to the best of my ability. No, you're not. The only thing anybody in this room ever did to the very best of their ability is get loaded. Isn't that right? Isn't that right? I, I, have, wa- I, have, walked, I have walked to the store in a blizzard. Wouldn't the, I couldn't get antifreeze in my truck, mind you, but I walked with a broken block on the truck. I walked to the store in a blizzard to get, uh, get a six-pack of beer. Huh? To the best of my ability? Come on, give me a break. What are you doing to the best of your ability in this program? Are you truly trying to do the, 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 the steps that are outlined in the book? And if you are, guys, you're going to have the guaranteed spiritual experience. I promise you. If you don't know how to do this, you settle up next to somebody in this group. I can see hundreds of you right now that I've done the work with personally that I know you know how to do this work. You find somebody that's had this experience, and you say, you show me how to have a spiritual experience. Not you show me how to stay sober. You show me how to, I can change my life. It's the tip of the iceberg, folks. Staying sober one day at a time, staying sober the rest of your life, is the tip of the iceberg. You need the power. You need the power to go out there and kick butt and take names. That's, everybody wants to come up afterwards. Oh, Chris, what well, do you think this shit? you think AA ought to be a pep rally? It ought to be a pep rally. Because we got too many people in here thinking it ought to be a therapy session. There's therapy is therapy. Legal, legal advice is legal advice over here. The doctor's stuff is over here. Y'all understand that? There's a place for all of that. AA should be a pep rally. It shouldn't be a place where we're coming in, sharing the miracle. How many of you in this room right now experienced a blessing today that you know exactly where it came from, God? How many of you say, how dare you not go into a meeting tonight or tomorrow or next week, whenever you go back to your AA meeting, and share that for the newcomer who is hopeless, who is spiritless, who doesn't believe any of this will work. You come up and you start sharing some good shit. Stop, sharing your, stop going up there trying to share your chicken shit war stories with these cats. No place in the book does it say, if you want to get a drunk sober, share your stupid war story. If they're in the room, the 12-step call has already been made. Y'all understand that? We do war stories to get them to come to the room to begin with, to get them comfortable, to get them to identify. Once they're here, it's time for the good shit. It's time for the good stuff. Pour it on and pour it on thick. Talk about the the obsession being lifted. Talk about the cool relationships. Talk about that picture you're painting. Talk about the music you're writing. Talk about the cool shit. The book says we're here to bear witness. They may turn and run the other way. I don't know if they're going to get sober. Listen, that's not my job. My job is I don't germinate the seed. I don't cause the rain. I don't don't have the outcome of if it's going to grow or not. My job is to plow the damn field. You guys, we got a room full of people who know how to plow. Nobody knows another alcoholic like another alcoholic. You have been spared a terrible death and you know how to get to the other side. All we're asking you to do is plow. You come on to me and this, this me. I can't help anybody. I, I can't even help myself. Oh, I just... Ugh. I just want to... God didn't say help yourself. AA is not a self-help program. Get your book, sit down with this woman, sit down with this man, whoever's having trouble tonight, whoever. Looks like they're they just, they're not having to sit down and help them a little bit. That's how this thing works.